This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is palpably relieved. Uh, now, it all looked like Chelsea were very much stuck in the rut of their own making for 50 minutes of the match against West Ham on uh, Sunday. Passive in possession and making mistakes in defence, overpassing rather than shooting in the penalty area again. Basically, not much improvement, uh, but at least it was still nil-nil. Chelsea finally woke up after 50 minutes and mounted several attacks and started fighting to win the ball back. It woke the crowd up too, with Chelsea shooting more and quicker and putting more bodies forward. But they still couldn't find a way through until Lukaku, yes, that's not a typo by me, it does actually say Lukaku, was brought down in the box by Ballon Dawson. Penalty. Jorginho. Certain last gasp victory. Uh, no. J5 managed to serve up the worst penalty seen at Stamford Bridge since Pat Nevin's daisy cutter against Man City in 1984. But cometh the 90th minute, cometh the man, as Captain America got on the end of an Alonso cross to win the match at the death. Deserved? Maybe. An improvement on recent form? Probably not. Winning at home for the first time in four attempts and keeping a clean sheet in the process? Absolutely vital. Relief? Palpable all around the stadium. And the title of tonight's show, you will not be amazed to hear, is Palpably Relieved. Chelsea Fancast number 894. Good evening, Jonathan Kidd. Hello, Stanford Chidge. How are you? to be on the show. Right. I'm okay, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm. Uh, I was suitably relieved by the result, uh, even if the manner of achieving it was uh, a roller coaster. But um, but yes, and saddened, which we're going to get onto by the Rudiger news. But um, it's lovely to have uh, 
the excellent grocer Jack, Mr. Tony Glover, on the show with us, who is uh, back from his holiday and is and is refreshed and and glowing. I would go so far as to say, and ten years younger. He's ten years younger. It is lovely. He does look disgustingly well, don't you, mate? Did you have a nice time in oh, the Caribbean? I had a lovely time in the Caribbean. I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't been there. And I'm going back next year. Yeah. Oh, those, but to a different part of the Caribbean, you know, yeah. the Western I, Caribbean. I, I, I love, I love the Caribbean. I've been to Antigua, Nevis. Oh. Uh, Antigua, just trying to think, mate. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to think about where I've been. Antigua, Nevis, Grenada, Tobago, Trinidad, San Lucia. Lucia, yeah. uh, and somewhere else, I think. Uh, Barbados, yeah. there you go. And I mean, yeah. not not on a cruise. These are like individual yeah. kind of yeah. gigs. I had my honeymoon in Antigua and I just love the place. And, mm. Antigua blew me away, mate. Yeah. It's my spiritual Dickinson home. Bay. I think we went to a beach called Dickinson Bay and I think like, you, my jaw dropped when I saw it. It was just paradise. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no other way of describing it. I love it, and uh, it's a shame you. St- I, I, I almost caught you in time, but I saw a Facebook post. But you were in Saint Lucia, and you could yeah. have. I could have given you Kenroy's number. Oh, blimey! I know, I know what. We were there. That was that was one of the places we we were there for. You know, the uh, a good fourteen hours. I think yeah. you know, from docking to sailing, like you know. So yeah, it was, that would have been. I had plenty of time that day, apart from the excursion we did, uh, and I was suitably shall we say, socially relaxed at yeah. the end of the excursion because they're the best pina coladas I've ever tasted in my life. And I went from the hangover from the deck party the night before. You've been there, Chidge, JK probably <laughs> as well, where you're saying, I'm never drinking again. Two pina coladas and a rum punch later and I'm dancing on the bar, mate. Mate, the best, I mean, way, the best way to live is when you get up, way. get up, you just go for a swim in the sea or or and then you go back to the pool bar and you swim up and your breakfast is a banana daiquiri mate yes. you don't need anything else it's all you require all the human body requires anyway enough yeah. of me and tony getting moist about caribbean holidays but i could do two hours just on that believe you me yeah. anyway on the show tonight in part one we discuss the terrible first half and better second half for the team and the supporters uh, together with the penalty miss and Pulisic coming to the rescue. In part two, we discuss the palpable relief and ask, is that top four sorted now? Uh, is the recent poor form down to complacency, fatigue, injuries or being on the beach? How appropriate with Tony just back from a Caribbean holiday. And we say adios, Antonio Rudiger. And we have an email, one email this week, uh, which I've squeezed into part two from Marcus Huerberg. Uh, in part three, we look ahead to Chelsea's Premier League match against Man United on Tuesday night, and uh, we ask what team should Tuchel pick. Uh, we talk about our dismal Old Trafford record and uh, Man United being awful. And will playing away suit us, and how do we see it going? And uh, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm or thereabouts by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea. I'm Fancast. And of course, if you do that, you'll see a bunch of reprobates in there who you can chat lots of stuff about Chelsea too. And they're a really good bunch. Most of them are, are also uh, members of our Discord group, uh, which uh, entry to which is via being a Chelsea Fancast Patron member. I commend it to you all, but particularly the lovely people in Mixler who are really superb people. Anyway, enough of my old waffle. We'll be back to talk about the, the West Ham game in a second.
yes, indeed. Uh, very sadly, I couldn't make it again. I still, I didn't, I didn't test uh, negative until late on Saturday night. Can you believe that? Fucking two weeks, I was positive with COVID. It's just disgraceful. And there's Tony there sitting there, and he had yeah. nothing, nada, zilch, zero. But there you go. Enough. Uh, team selection, JK. Well, 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 well. Guess what? Uh, we all got it horribly wrong, but we always do because. You know, Tuchel and his curveballs never cease to amaze me. Um, so what we had really uh, that surprised me... Uh, well, actually, no, I think I think we might have actually picked Chaloba. But anyway, we had Chaloba and Silva and Aspie at the back because Christian was replaced uh, with Chaloba just before kickoff. Uh, apparently had stomach cramps. I know you mentioned the roll mop, which I'd love to hear more about in a minute. Uh, James, Reese James had a slight injury concern, so they sensibly, I think withdrew him uh, and therefore we had uh, a rip in the hamstring yeah that's that's exactly that and, a, and a, what was it an awareness they like they like calling it that don't awareness. They? that's right and we had Ruben Loftus-Cheek as the right wing back um just very briefly with West Ham they they provided a bit of a kind of shock but not shock because they kind of played their B team because Rice Bowen and Antonio who we mm. talked about a lot on Friday were all benched um can I just read you um what uh what uh Thomas the Tuchel mentioned about uh reese james's absence here people he says he felt some discomfort in his hamstrings so he misses out today it isn't a new injury or a recurrence of an old one we checked the medical images and there's absolutely nothing but he didn't feel totally comfortable he felt like something could happen if we took that risk and we absolutely don't want to have a re-injury so we've taken the safe route today and left him out. Now, I, for one, am really, well, really glad they took that sensible approach. But, JK, tell me about Christensen and roll mops. I have to say, I, and I, this sounds horrible, but I was delighted he didn't start, to be quite honest, after his shambolic performances <laughs> recently. But uh, tell me about the well, roll no, mop, it, mate. It was just rumoured uh, via a variety of people that I have a WhatsApp group with. And then somebody put up, you do appreciate this is a completely stereotypical food stuff that he would be having from because uh, he's danish and uh, and in fact it's not fair and he probably just had a, a stomach problem but um uh, lots of people because of the the way that the way that social media works then believed it and thought that he'd had a role a bad role mop and that was that was spread about but in reality we uh, there, there was no certainty as to what he'd eaten. It was just that he had a stomach problem, stomach ache, and, and didn't feel fit enough to to play. Um, and I, I, I have to say, Chidge, I don't think he would have, have played as badly as he played the other night, but um, uh, the other day, yeah, the other night. But I, I still think uh, Chaloba tried his cotton socks off, uh, as he always does when he plays. So, um, uh, you know, good on him. There was a period where, Excuse me, everybody made errors and he was one of them. But I think Dave was the worst culprit. Dave had a very poor game. He's on a bit of a bad roll at the moment, I think, actually. again. Yeah, but like we is. said on Friday, I, I, I think this is fatigue-based. I really do, a lot of these, mentally yeah. and physically. Yeah. Yeah. you know. And but, also he was playing left back, which he hasn't had the opportunity to do an enormous amount of the, uh, well, of the season. You know, you know what? So, or even the last couple of years. That's a, yeah. that's a brilliant point. That's a brilliant point. I didn't even... Uh, put this in me notes but actually i think it's something we really should talk about because uh, you know this is a, this is an outcome i think or, or well the the consequences of this is something that we should have talked about and haven't so far but because of all the injuries that we've been 
having and the fatigue and the tiredness and all the rest of it that's been going on really since December. Look at how many times, um, look at how many times, hang on, I've got the problem with the mic here, hang on. I know you can't hear it, but I could. Yeah, then look at the number of times that Tuchel has had to play players out of position this season. Yeah. And that can't be good, period, can it? No. I mean, it was easy to damn... Sorry, Tony. Sorry, every single game, I think. Is that is it really that is it really yeah. that I think much? It's been every, I can't remember when we have not had somebody playing outside of their natural position at some point or another. Yeah. You know, in terms of injuries um, mm. and illness, I think we've been hit harder than any other team in the league. And and I think you know it's easy to go on Tuchel's back. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think on, what, I was on, on should... Friday. I, I, he's, he's made one misstep as far as I'm concerned, and that was blaming the pitch. Other than that, I think he's done. Yeah, that was peculiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All very interesting. But, but I mean, I, I actually think. Go on, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry can I just say, I think, it, I think, I think, I think it, um, it, it puts Cheek's performance into a perspective. Actually, when you appreciate that he was having to play um, right wing back, and uh, uh, you know, and he makes the odd error in that position, and he's a bit sluggish getting forwards. But you know, he, he did a few decent things, and he's playing completely out of position. He doesn't play there. And you think the way that the, the team has just been affected recently, to some extent, with all the number of fixtures they've played, you can understand why this is happening. But you just you, you find yourself just yearning for a, um, the energy of somebody to come on like a hazard who just takes teams that park the bus to task, you know. And, um, and to be fair to, well, we're going to get on to it, Pulisic and uh, Zayek did that very thing. When well, they came on, but we're it, getting on to that. We later. will, yeah, because we but haven't I, I, we haven't really what? talked about how terrible the first half was. We haven't yet. done the first half yet. No, well, I was thinking no, really. No. I mean, there isn't. I mean, there's not much to say because you know I thought your fan bite was fucking hilarious on this, but we were. Or, I mean, I, I actually I was texting Tony because I, I couldn't make it, so I'm on the sofa watching watching the football on me sofa, and uh, I know I, I know Tony was there because of course the 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 cock or no cock group was replete with people saying I'm out the back you know and I'm missing that dreadfully so I knew Tony was there so I, I thought oh, I'll text him at half time because I hadn't actually figured out who should be on the show that yet on Monday so I texted him at half time and we were both saying how how much you know how, how soporific in fact to quote you JK it all was and uh, yeah. I said but mate you know I'm on the sofa it's harder to stay awake if you're on the sofa but there you go <laughs> but it was I mean the fact of the matter was it was just the same as we've seen seen for far too many matches recently but the thing is jk i wanted to ask you this actually just to pick up from your fan bite because i know you said in in that you felt that the subs made a, a, a whopping difference um but they but my, i don't know i mean i think they did but i think actually for some reason and i don't know what it was it was 50 minutes when it all came alive the subs came on about 76 minutes but i thought from minute 50 we had that one attack where we got a sniff and then we suddenly had three or four attacks, and the whole place just woke up. The the, the crowd who had been absolutely no, drowned no. out by West Ham up to that point woke up, and we started fighting for the ball again. And I don't know what sparked it off, but it was fifty minutes, not not the subs. I don't think. No, I agree. I wrote, I, I did write down in my notes that it was a it was a fiftieth minute that that happened, and I mentioned that on the fan bike fact, but. In fact, it, it only lasted about five minutes, I thought. And then they came back in it again with their booting the ball up the pitch and doing their, their minimal pressing before resorting back to just uh, 
you know, uh, 11 men behind the ball. And to be fair to Dawson, who ultimately was sent off, he was excellent. There was one block he did on a Mace mm. volley that was absolutely superb. Yeah. And I thought Mason was going to score the ball and he hit it absolutely perfectly. And he flung himself in the air and he was very lucky didn't him on the hand actually, but his hand wasn't up and it hit him and it went up for, went, went back up the other end. So I thought it went in phases. I thought there was a five minute period where yes, the crowd started getting um, delighted. And I mean, because the theory I had on, on Friday, if you remember, was that we were asking why the crowd, the crowd was subdued against Arsenal and I said because we weren't playing very well and I was I was somewhat shot down in flames by um uh, by Dan who was saying no no it was um it was just that you know we had a very subdued crowd and I I really think I'd always say this there was a correlation between the way that we play and the second that we start looking as if we're we're bringing it on then um uh, the crowd get behind us and absolutely right Chidge from there the volume, the noise volume went up. However, we didn't. We we had fits and starts attacking, I thought. And then uh, on the 70th, just before the subs, in fact, we seemed to be attacking again. And when he brought all three on, to me, it maintained the momentum, mainly because both, I thought, um, Captain America and, and, and Zayek played absolutely excellently. They really went for it in a way that you think, well, hang on. If you come on at the very beginning of the game, would you be going at it like that? You know, mm-hmm. Werner, bless his cotton socks, was was better again. He's better. He's in a he better, better mode. Yeah. He was better, but still not the same energy though, Tony. In comparison with with um, Pulisic and uh, and Zayek, Zayek kept shooting from everywhere. And it's part of us were going, oh bloody hell, he missed again. But you know, it was the kind of shot that on a on his best day goes in. You know, I was. I was impressed. Those curlers he placed on the right-hand side with his left foot, a couple of them were very near. And, um, but the, and the goal itself just seemed to me to be absolutely spot on for the way they'd been playing. Pulisic, obviously, they were helped by having the sending off but, uh, um, of the be- their best defender. But nonetheless, Pulisic took it marvellously. It was a marvellous goal. I have to say, I thought that, that um, Alonso had a, a, another one of his excellent matches where he really is on the case and he's flinging these wonderful crosses in, but there was nobody on the end of them. This is that despair thing. What do you do? Does he try and pick someone out? We well, plays those lovely balls, which you really would like the forwards to be anticipating. Havertz had a very strange game. He seemed to be just not really up for it. We didn't get the same energy, perhaps he's now. Yeah, it's funny. As you it, say, it, Chid, yeah. first half. Yeah, no, well, well first half, yeah, let's forget it. But they, I mean, clearly Tuchel yeah. got into them. Yeah. I mean, Tony, talking of the subs, yeah. I thought it was interesting because I wrote, I mean, I did, I did because I was at home, I did my I did my live notes, uh, which are always quite humorous to read afterwards, especially when I called Jorginho a Gareth for missing the penalty. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But at the time, Tony, I, I, I thought, no, well, I, I'm not so sure if that's a good idea, taking those three off and putting the, the other three on because I thought we were playing really, really well. But, I mean, I have to agree with JK. It worked, didn't it? Uh, JK has taken a couple of words out of my mouth. So I'm going to start off by saying that <clears throat> as dull as the first half was, uh, there was no doubt that there was an edginess and a nervousness to our play. We can ship 11 goals in three home games. It was fairly obvious to me that Tuchel had really laid down the law about making stupid mistakes, about not giving the ball away, about not making, you know, trying to dilly-dally about on it, you know. And for that purpose, I said at the halftime, from the fans' perspective, this wasn't the game we wanted, but it was the game we needed. 
very much so, right? So we might have wanted to go and think we'll we roll, roll through a West Ham team where he's benched five of his best players or whatever. But what we needed was to get through the first half without conceding a goal, without doing anything daft. We just needed that settling down period. And, and, and I put it down to that. I still thought we had a slight edge um, over them on the first half. I, I saw a slightly different half, I think, in the second half to, to JK. I thought we were right on it from the minute we came out. It was fairly obvious that Tuchel had got into him at half time. And I was worried that, as you said, that when he made the substitution, we had very good momentum. West Ham weren't laying a finger on us at that point. And I thought, you know, it, it's inevitable something is going to happen here. Um, I thought Werner was scaring the shit out of their defenders. I thought Havertz was right. I think he was slightly subdued in comparison to what I've seen him lately. But I still thought we were looking really, really good. He still moves around a lot, though, doesn't he, Tony? He does. He does. He's a silky player like that. But I thought when then he made the three substitutions, and I said to Attilio, who you know sits next to me or whatever, I said, Christ, I said, that's that could really bollocks up the momentum, you know, that we've got here. You know, that we we look the hungrier of the teams. West Ham at that point were, were looking... More and more like they were settling back for a draw. I agree with JK. That Dawson was excellent. Um, I, am I right in thinking he got man of the match and even when they got a red card? I thought no, he, no, no. He was uh, going to get it, but uh, I think they gave it to Alonso. Did they? Officially, okay. yeah. Uh, okay, that seems a bit... Because he, he was... You know, he really was a, a, a blocker. But in all fairness, when those three players came on... The momentum, it dips for a couple of minutes. It always will do because you've had an interruption to the game. But we picked it up after that. And it was encouraging to see, um, uh, certainly Zayac, who I think probably could have felt a bit hard done by by not starting. Um, because he's starting to look like a very, very uh, skillful, very good player uh, and, and a fighter as well. He looks like he's got the raving ump half the time, which I quite like. Um, and to see Lukaku actually looking like he wanted to prove a point you know and there's no question that when he went down in the area he was probably going to be on to score at that point I thought you know it was it was blatant I'm not sure it deserved a red card but you know at the end of the day um I thought so it was a good set of substitutions I mean like I said I'll go back to that point it wasn't the game as fans we wanted it was the game we needed it was slightly subdued. I agree 100% with JK. Do you, you think, Tony, fans... Tony, Tony, do you think that's due to the fact that we've got 8,000 members missing? Yes. Yeah, definitely. In, in, in part, I, I also thoroughly agree with JK on the fact that, you know, if you're being served up rubbish fare, you're not going to be in the mood for it. You're going to talk to your mate next door about other stuff. You know, you need a spark. You need, even if it's a controversial player clash or something, that's what gets, you know, in, ignites people or whatever but that's the first game I've been to for a while um certainly the last one I went to we didn't have that issue with the not a quarter of the ground empty but not far off the the amount of empty seats and I'll put it this way you know where I sit yeah I look along the uh the east stand and to see every single one of the wheelchair bays empty I didn't even know they had bays marked there for them Every one of them was empty, certainly up to Tommy Turkle on the bench. I, I couldn't see beyond that because I'm, you know, I've got eyesight like a 60-year-old bloke, you know. But, yeah, so I was, there's no doubt that played a part in it because the West Ham end looked pretty full. I don't know what you thought, JK. 
they seem to have bought quite a, a, a good crowd. Oh, yeah, 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 completely. It's quite hard for us to see from the middle of the East Stand mm. that the, the, where, there is, where there are gaps. You know, we were thinking, I was thinking, well, the front of the West Stand looks a bit sparse. But other than that, in fact, um, Lino, I sit next to, said, um, where exactly? Because they chanted the same chant at Arsenal. Yeah. You know, um, just like the old times, you know, um, it's empty here and uh, whatever the, the chant was. But I thought, well, it must be in areas we can't see, like lower down in the East Stand and perhaps even above the East Stand. Because the rest yeah. of it, it wasn't that, that empty, you know. I've just had a, a message from the absolutely lovely, delightful James Copper, who, uh, uh, and I know I, I messaged him the other week uh, to say thank you. He brought me a bottle of whiskey uh, when he turned up at the bridge the other the other week, probably weeks ago now, probably having COVID. But he says, I'm a disabled member and we can't buy tickets. Well, could you see my... My oh, post-match sure. tweets about the observations. It's an oh, absolute fucking God. travesty that we are being... No, look, the only person that that doesn't punish is Roman Abramovich. Yeah. It punishes the players, the club, the fans, the, the local businesses. It punishes everybody except the man at the very who was the, the, the owner of the club or whatever, who's so rich, it, it's a drop in the ocean wow. to him. And it's, it is a travesty that we cannot sell tickets to people like James or to anybody. Mate, uh, I, I was furious about that. You're dead right, and it's it, it's it's absolutely outrageous. I, I I mean I haven't I haven't been yet since we've had reduced capacity, but in a way I can't wait to go because now I, I then I can see who who are the season ticket holders and who are not and where they all sit. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've, I've always been intrigued by the the mix and the makeup uh, of all of that. But anyway, we digress. Um, we're kind of talking about the substitutes and everything, and and. You know, one of them, of course, was Lukaku, and and I'll be very honest, J.K. I was somewhat disappointed to see him coming on. Having said on Friday, I never wanted yeah. to see him play for Chelsea again. Now, there's a lot of people, and I mean Stick, Mister Stick, dear old Mister Stick, who is in Mixler as uh, uh, tonight, listening live from uh, Baltimore. Um, he was raving about Lukaku on on uh, Discord, and I've got to be honest, I, I think that was way over the top, but. I mean, I watched it on telly. You don't see the whole picture. I totally appreciate that. But was Lukaku good on San- on Sunday or or what? No, he still made the same area better. He actually, well, the fact that he got the penalty was because he tried and ran yeah. after the ball and beat beat um, uh, um, Dawson to it. That's why he pulled him back because he, he sprinted. It was the same energy that got him the penalty against Villa. Um, uh, all those months ago um, and he actually you could tell he was slightly more up for it because he r- ran at the cl- to close down somebody from the right hand side of the pitch into the middle of the pitch and I actually commented on it I actually said when I was sitting for fuck's sake what the fuck has happened to Lukaku that's the first time I've ever seen him do, seen him <laughs> do that since the Arsenal game the beginning of the season very first game of the season he ran and, and attempted to he, he didn't manage to Close the player down. He didn't get the ball, but he ran at him. And when he does that, you suddenly see there is this charging, very large man putting pressure on the defence. And you think, yeah, hey. can you do that more often, please? Because that's what you're supposed to be doing. That's what Havertz does. You standing around. I still looked at him thinking, is he just going to stand about on the arm of the of the centre half doing absolutely nothing? Which occasionally Torres used to do, and he used to absolutely drive me around the twist. But he, he made more effort. So, you know, um, uh, what, what does that mean? Is he looking for a cup final place? What does that mean? Is he, 
Has he decided that he wants another season? Has he been given somebody from the, the potential owners has had a word in his ear and said, you'll be the man starting next season? Or has somebody said to him, yes, your plan has worked and Tuchel is leaving? What, you know, what's, what's gone on that suddenly we see well, somebody him making more of an effort and he got a penalty? I, just to kind of put a line under Luke, Lukaku, uh, well, I mean... I had a theory, actually, before uh, all hell broke loose here. Um, There's rumours today that Antonio Conte might go to PSG. And and Antonio Conte got a tune out of Lukaku uh, when he was at Inter Milan. And PSG are probably the only club that would be stupid enough and rich enough to afford what we would want to sell him for and his ridiculously overpriced wages. I am praying to every god on the universe that he fucks off to PSG very soon. That's my idea, Tony. And Pochettino, he's off, mate. Pochettino then comes he, he comes across to Back to Spurs, Spurs. yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't yeah. it? That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, one person we really should... That would make great sense, Chid. Chid, that would make great sense, what you just said. Sorry to interrupt. No, but right. I think that would make great sense. That the reason for his playing is if, if Conte can say, well, actually, yeah, he's getting back to normal, he would then be in a position to say to PSG, I want to buy him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah. Well... Let's keep. It's, not, it's been done so often before. Blair showcases himself, you know. Yeah, let's let's pray that that happens. Anyway, because I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I think he's a moody, sulky git, uh, and I think he's one-dimensional. And I think Havertz is a ton better. I'd I'd, ra- I'd much rather see Broya come back in or whatever. But that we will wait for another day, because somebody who has been uh, absent uh, quite a lot uh, fairly recently is, um, of course, uh, Christian Pulisic. Um, but, you know, he he, he he loved it, didn't he? He came on, uh, ran around, fell over a lot, as he often does. But, my God, he did what he does best, which is he got on the end of a decent cross by Alonso. He was in the right place at the right time. I mean, he scuffed it a bit, but it it went in, and that's all that mattered. And uh, I'm re- I was really pleased for him, Tony. I've got to be honest. I was really pleased for him. And I, I found this kind of weird uh, quote from Tuchel saying that... Um, that it was absolutely no doubt that his form and selection had been affected quite seriously by the commitments he's had to the U.S. men's team, and you know, doing all the travelling and the and, and and Stick was telling me on on Discord that it's quite tough if you play for the U.S. because one minute you might be playing in minus forty, the next you might be playing in the tropics, and there's a lot of travelling, uh, and it seems to have taken a bit out of him. So I'm just really delighted he he, he got back on the score sheet because I I still think. I think there's a player in there still, Tony. Yeah, now you see, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. I have a a list of players that I would be letting go, and he's on it. Who else is, who else is on it? Uh, you're not going to like a lot of this, I don't think. But uh, certainly, I think uh, Alonso's probably done his bit, but the most controversial one would probably be Kante. I just think he's coming to the end of, of what has been a, a, a glittering playing career of injuries. He was good yesterday, but he was not good in other games. And he always seems to be have the ability to avoid anybody pointing the finger at him. But Pulisic, and I'm probably being unfair on him here a little bit. because Oh, and Jorginho, yeah. I mean, after that penalty yesterday, he can fuck right off. Um, 
but with, <laughs> with Pulisic, I, 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 I probably think if you're not a guaranteed starter and you have of his ability, then you're probably not going to be. And he does seem to be down the pecking order a bit. And, you know, he's not been horribly injured this season like he has been in previous seasons. The, the, the level of resistance in his glass body parts seem to be much higher. Um, but, I, I, you know, to be fair to him yesterday, he did come on and he did look eager and he did look keen. But I think he's probably one of these players who's thinking, what do I have to do to, to get a regular place? Well, I play, like he, play like he did under Frank for six months. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's the thing. I think if you're looking towards the future, I, I'm not I'm not totally convinced that that he's going to be part of it. And and the Kante thing is just me saying that you know this, I would I would much rather have uh, you know someone like Declan Rice in there and bring Gallagher back and and, and build a uh, something around that. But with Pulisic, I mean, there's no doubt that goal was perfect yesterday. It was a lovely cutback from Alonso. It was a lovely bit of play. It was a good finish, you know, and, and you you know the fans know that VAR's not going to do anything about it. And there's no controversy with it because there was absolutely no way there could be any controversy about it unless they went back about three minutes or something, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of feel sorry for Pulis because he was a victim uh, of that at Dortmund, wasn't he, I think, under under um, Pulis, under Tuchel. Tuchel. Yeah. Um, and I think that's how we ended up picking him up. Now he's, you know, I, I I appreciate what you're saying about the US men's team as well, but you know we've got people like you know our own players that are going off regular well, international. I mean the the, imme- the immediate like comparison is Thiago Silva, but it didn't stop him getting picked. exactly no, and, and that that's what I mean. And, and you know, whilst I say yeah, okay, you could be playing minus four one week and, and forty degrees the next. You could be if you're German. You know, you could be playing you know, in, in in the conditions across Europe are quite changeable like this. I'm not. I'm not totally convinced of that one. Yeah. If you were putting me, <clears throat> if you were saying to me that I've got to, you know, jump or burn on this one, I would say Pulisic would be on my list to just to, mm. to go. But yeah. um, look, no doubt his his contribution yesterday was was good. I just, you know, is he one of these players like? Um, do you remember Tor Andre Flo? He was always a bench player, wasn't he? Yeah. And when he did get the starts, it was never quite as. Well, impactful, I guess. Well, Tor- Tori Andre Flo scored bags of goals for coming off the bench. Yes. Which used to really infuriate me at the time that he never got a start. But then again, yeah. we did have some good yeah. players then. Listen, as far as uh, Pulisic is concerned, Jonathan, I think given that all all three of the bids, uh, the, the potential new owners, have got huge uh, American investment attached to them, there is no way on God's green earth that Pulisic is getting sold as the poster boy of American soccer. Indeed. Not at He is the poster boy. Yeah, I tweeted about that earlier. And I yeah, think that's he, that. He I, personally, I find that really offensive and disgraceful because if you're good enough, you're good enough. If you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And because of that, he might stay if he's not good enough. Annoys me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at the same time, um, uh, if Tuchel says that there were mitigating circumstances, which is because of playing for for America, perhaps he gives him another chance. You know, I'm intrigued to see how he plays for the um, for the rest of the season because that was uh, that was a much more dynamic performance from him uh, against a West Ham side who intent on defending. He did what? Sorry, are you surprised he didn't start yesterday? Um, We, uh, funnily enough, I talked about him starting, but I thought he would play him as the wing back. Yeah. Um, 
which of course he, he was never terribly good at when the three times he did play in that position. He was okay attacking, but then he put, we didn't think he was going to play. Well, I didn't think he'd play Alonso, but um, uh, who wasn't great against um, the Gooners, but um, uh, we were wrong and he brought him on. And, you know, I thought they were a very potent force. I think they would have done just as well with Havertz, as you say, but um, to bring on uh, a slightly more energetic Lukaku with when Zayek playing as 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 positively as he he has been and his his attempts at, at basically scoring in a way that others weren't um made it a very potent force indeed so uh um with 15 minutes to go it was it was i didn't realize it was the 90th minute he scored in but it had taken so long for the penalty to be taken i was surprised yeah. that he'd um well, he'd I, given I, four minutes at the end i mean it, to be fair to oliver you know everybody was having a go at oliver because he didn't appear to be um, having a go at Fabianski for um, uh, for time wasting, but in fact, what Oliver was doing was just adding the time on, because the first half was three minutes. Um, the the three minutes was time added on in the first half, mm. and that there was only about a minute's worth of whatever well, injuries. Exactly, and he I added agree. We, we two minutes. Three minutes. Where have you got that from, mate? You know. Yeah. It, it was because of the time. It was because of Fabianski's time wasting, mm. uh, which he did. He should have booked him. I still don't understand why they don't book um, goalkeepers for time wasting. Well, they, they do sometimes, but it's so it... it's so inconsistent, as we all know, J.K., which is what drives us all up the wall. Yeah. Talking of inconsistency, yeah. um, I, I really we must talk about the penalty before we go to to part two. Um, and I have to be honest, when he stepped up to take it, I was absolutely convinced he was going to score it, but it was absolutely shockingly dreadful. I mean, it wasn't just one of those that happens occasionally where the goalkeeper reads it and just happens to dive the right way because he knows it's not going to be walloped past him. It it, it it trickled and bounced. It bounced about three times before it got to Fabianski, JK. What on earth? I mean, how do we um, describe so once that? Once again, expressing a daisy cutter, um, mitigating circumstances again is that um, in the he waited for an enormously long period while um, Oliver decided whether or not he should give the penalty and then went over to the screen to have a look, which obviously the way he, he missed those penalties in the Italian game, um, which lost them the qualifying, uh, gave him the willies. And um, I know in a sense you could seize the penalty taker, but you, it wouldn't have surprised me if he'd said, you know, somebody else take it, you know, Pulisic take it and blast it in, just kick it, kick it as hard as you can. Because that was, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about this if the goalkeeper had gone the other way, which is, you know, which frequently happens with, with Jorginho's shots, but he does drive them in quite competently. But um, it was absolutely feeble, wasn't it? As you say, very similar to Pat Neffin's. From is, it, is it worse, though? Is it worse than Nevins? No. 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 I no. thought it was com com comparable he's quite he's quite proud of his no. honor of having the worst penalty ever taken yeah. <laughs> by Chelsea well player. I mean Pat, I, I would Pat say this I, I watched the the Arsenal Man United game the day before <clears throat> and I I'm gonna I'm gonna come out with this now I fucking hate this shimmy shuffle bollocks that these players do because it there must be a point in that where you suddenly confuse yourself. And Bruno Fernandes, you know, he, he at the post. I, as he ran up to take that penalty, I, I said, he's, he's fucked with. 
And I see it with Jorginho. But my favourite penalty takers at Chelsea have always been Lampard or Hazard. Hazard never even used to look at the ball. He just knew where he was going to put it. None of that poncing around, none of that, ooh, do, 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 none of that triage tri- uh, shit or whatever like that. <laughs> put some fucking lever behind it. If the keeper gets a touch to it, you've got, still got a chance it's going to go in the back of the net. And I, I, I'll tell you now what it's done. It's liberated me. It's liberated me yesterday because for God knows how many years I have turned my back on penalties and we've scored them all. Right. I look at I, I look at the blokes behind me. They're all like, "All right, Tony, yeah, doing your business, yeah, whatever." Attilio's like, "Okay, then," and they're all like, "Well, hey. and he's like, well done, Tony, did it again." Well, now I'm liberated from that because now I can fucking watch the penalties, right? Because my the superstition and hoodoo or whatever you want to call it, the superstition is broken. But I turned round and I looked because they, they played it back on the fucking video screen, and Attilio just looked at me and he went, "Mate, that's a terrible penalty." <laughs> And, and, and I'll tell you what, it wasn't so much, you know, when people get like, oh, for fuck's sake, whatever. It was, just, it was like when you let uh, uh, one of those pillows down very gently. <laughs> he hit it and everybody around me just sort of went, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> this huge sigh of, yes. fuck. <laughs> you know, so there you go. So, terrible, uh, terrible deflation. Yeah. Yes, terrible deflation. Yeah. I, I personally wouldn't end near one again. I really wouldn't. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I mean, you know, was it worse than Pat's? I think it's hard to really say. I mean, in mitigation to Pat, J.K. and Tony, because we were all we were all there or thereabouts <laughs> in those days. I mean, you know, the the pitch at Stamford Bridge then. I mean, certainly the between the penalty spot yeah. and the goal was like a like the Somme. So you know, there there is a bit of mitigation for Pat, but uh, I don't know. I think we still have to give it to Pat because he'd be upset. I mean, as he said on Twitter, he'd be upset if we if we took that away. But yeah. there you go. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, quick plug for CFC UK before we go to a break. Um, I finished my article. I went down a rabbit hole. I, I started my article at 10 on Saturday because I was a day late, but DJ was very uh, lovely because, of course, I'd had COVID, so I was behind with everything. But I started at 10 o'clock saying, oh, that'll be all right. Wh- whack it off by, by 11, half 11. I'll get to bed. Two o'clock I finished. I went down a rabbit hole because I wanted to talk about... Um, the issue with the atmosphere the whole piece is called atmosphere and uh and why why it is so sonambulant at the bridge which picks up on a theme we've been talking about for ages about this idea that the crowd now needs to be entertained you know the, the what happens on the pitch has to instigate how we respond mm. we don't seem to be able to do it the other way around I mean, did we used to do it in the old days probably is it because we're all older now yes. there were lots of issues that oh. were you know that were were, were involved with that were involved with that, and that was supposed to be the article. And then what happened is I found this I found this uh, post on a on a website, you know, one of these forums that delved into the average attendances since we had been invented, and it was fascinating. I went down this rabbit hole for hours just looking at that. We're like the sixth best supported English football club of all time on average attendances. I didn't know that. You know, and uh, and actually, the, 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 there was a really interesting anomaly in our in our dip in support in the late seventies and the eighties, and particularly the early nineties. That that really has a whole load of other issues associated with it. You know, like what was going on externally outside of the club in terms of football, what was going on internally at the club, and we suffered a bit unduly in the early nineties compared to a lot of other clubs. And as I said in the article, basically. Under Ian Porterfield, the football was turgid. Yeah. <laughs> you 
So sorry, I've gone I, I on. Would, I would say that if, <laughs> if we're on the wrong end of a kicking, um, that gets the crowd going as well. I mean, if we are suddenly, you know, like that Liverpool game where we were two 0 down, that gets the crowd going. It, 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 that's that's almost get the adversity of the situation gets the crowd going. But it, because it's something, it is just something to latch onto, whether it's good or bad. When it's when it's indifferent, and we had a lot of this Mourinho. Remember, he used to moan about the crowd because sometimes the football was hard to watch. And, and I, I think it's natural for people to sort of drift off and think, oh, well... Well, I know. mean, Tony, putting it, in, putting it in that context, maybe we should be grateful that rather than basically not ever going again, like a lot of people did in the, in the <laughs> 80s and the 90s because the football yeah. was turgid, we just sit there grumpily in silence. Maybe, maybe that's actually, you know, maybe that's progress. I don't know. Yes. Anyway, yeah. listen, I've got to give him a plug out for CFC UK. As you've probably, probably figured out, there's a new one imminent. I would suggest it's coming out before the Everton match uh, next Sunday. Now, obviously, that's an away match, so you'll just have to look out, keep your wits about you. You would, you would have to keep your wits about you uh, in, in, in uh, Liverpool anyway. Uh, but there will be people selling it saying, hurry up, it's only a pound. You head for that. It's a bit like when you're, when you're in the war. Or, or even if you're hunting and you hear the bugle, not that kind of bugle, different kind of bugle, and uh, you have to follow follow the sound of the horn. So if you hear, hurry up, it's only a pound, you know that it's Chelsea and you're in a safe haven in the midst of the scout throngs. Anyway, uh, the bottom, the bottom line is, the bottom line is you can get it at away matches. You might even get it on the train if DJ's on the train. Um, but uh, yeah, so it is only a pound. Uh, at home games, obviously, get it outside uh, on the stand outside uh, the uh, exit to Fulham Broadway tube. Uh, but if you can't do any of that, because of course not everybody's lucky enough to go to a match, you can still get a hard copy uh, <coughs> by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. This is the last of the season as well, apparently, according to DJ. Um, 16 quid if you're in the UK for a year subscription, 35 quid for Europe, 45 quid for the rest of the world. You can also get a digital PDF copy emailed to you, uh, and the subscription for that is six quid or a pound each, and you can pay via PayPal. We will be back for part two in a short while. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Football Fancast. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge. Uh, we're into part two. I've got the absolutely lovely uh, Stevie Wonder look. At, well, I say Stevie Wonder look alike. He's not really look anything like Stevie Wonder. He's just got these. He's just got these dark glasses on that makes him look like he should be carrying a white stick. It's Mr. Yeah. Jonathan Kidd. Very superstitious. Writing on the wall. Um, thank good, you. Good to see you, you, my man. Good to see you. And we've got the absolutely lovely Tony Glover, Mr. Good Grocer evening. Jack. And I would just like to say that if 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 JK was currently sitting next to a blonde, it would be Peters and Lee. One for the teenagers yeah. there. Yeah, I remember hey, that. Tony, welcome home, though, JK. Tony, I was about to say welcome home. I was about to say yeah. that. Sorry. Well, mate. welcome. Enough. Let's not be singing. Let's not be singing any Peters and Lee on the Chelsea fancast. That would not do us any good whatsoever. Anyway, uh, lots to talk about in part two. More on the West Ham game, uh, and I think that this is more of a, a, a sum sum up type of part. Really, I mean, I called the show palpable relief for good reason. Um, but the reality, J.K. is, you know, we were saying on Friday we we really had to win. We, the, the the rot had to stop, and we'd let in eleven goals in three home matches. Uh, got stuffed in all of them. Um, the rot had to stop anyway, period, obviously. But also, you know, we were worried on Friday about our, our, our top four uh, situation. I mean, it, it now uh, it now transcribes that... Uh, due, this is from Simon Johnson. I just love the way he's phrased this. Due to their vastly superior goal difference, I can imagine some haughty woman reading this. Due to their vastly superior goal difference... <laughs> over Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, Chelsea now need a maximum of eight points from their last six games uh, to secure top four finish. I, I think it might be... Uh, yeah, anyway, I think that's right. Anyway, somebody will tell me it's completely wrong. But we're basically three wins away uh, from uh, from absolutely securing it. But we need to do much better than that, don't we, mate? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we need to finish third with them, um, not with as many points away from the the top two, if at all possible, um, because that was what we were attempting to do this year. And I think were it not for, for uh, COVID problems and the fact that the, uh, the, the Premier League seemed incapable of cancelling any of our games, I think we'd have probably, um, we'd have been a bit closer to them. Um, but yeah, they've all got to play each other, haven't they? And they've all got to play other teams. So, I mean, I think he's even doing this calculation, presuming that they, they win. Um, so, uh, um, they won't be winning most of their games, and but but of course the whole of North London, the um, the uh, the red side of now think there's a a kind of renaissance of the team, and next season they'll be putting all before them and putting everybody to the sword, and it's all uh, an, an evidence of that was with 
how easily they beat us, but it was it's very difficult to explain to them we were absolutely awful. And uh, you know, I've had conversations with the people saying, "God, really good side, Arsenal. God, they're much better than you this season, aren't they?" They were wow. rubbish, go, mate. Well, they were rubbish. No, I, they, they were, were shit. Yeah, I know, I know, but I know they, they scored four goals though, and that for them that's considered. Hey, Jonathan, you, you know, could have, you, Jonathan, Jonathan, you could have scored four goals wearing those glasses, mate. I know, I know the way it went. We were very poor indeed, weren't we? It's it's typical, isn't it? If you've been watching your side all season, you know what they're capable of. You know, the, the Southampton game and the Real Madrid game and the Juventus game, to me, were evidence of what a fantastic team, and winning the Champions League, of course, the fantastic team we are. And they don't come anywhere near, but they clutch at crumbs, don't they? Crumbs of comfort. But... um. And they thought that that was them on a roll. And we were, the, the, the desire is, is for everybody who ever, any problem Chelsea ever had, like a couple of, of loses or whatever, something happened to them, is to see the club implode and vanish off the face of the earth. That is always their, their major desire for Chelsea. And uh, the fact that we then don't and we come back and win. I mean, like that with, I mean, I mean, we should have been winning easily yesterday because as you say, they didn't play five of their top players and we made hard work of it, but we still did win, which will have really, that will have really had them, uh, um, you know, um, puking up in their little bit in their mouths by the, uh, by the fact that we did not once again implode. Though, it was the th- we, we we have had three losses for the first time since 1983. Three losses Nin- at home. 1993. Um, but I, you know, it, it, what did I say? 83, 93. Yeah, I meant 93. But um, you know, uh, it, it, will this all be the same next year? We we it's into a world of uncertainty next year, isn't it? it we we is. really don't know what they may get there. Not that they're going to get their wish, because uh, it'll be Tuchel and there'll be other players coming back, and it'll be a new season. But I really don't, I don't hold that much hope for Arsenal or Tottenham becoming the, the major players again that their fans want them to. And I still see us being up there. So, you know. Well, I mean, it's a very interesting... But as you say, Chid, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. No, Sorry. My, I apologise. I broke my rule. I interrupted you before you'd finished and it all went Pete Tong as a result. And I'm really sorry, mate, because you hadn't finished. If you want to finish, please do. No, 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 you finish. All right. I've got to try and remember what I was going to say now. Well, I, I just jump in on what, what JK was just saying. I, I think <clears throat> at the moment we are the best of the rest. Yes, uh, thank you, Tony. Uh, that was it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, as sad as that is. And I, I, I don't think with <clears throat> part of our, the, the reason for our recent uh, variable form, shall we say, I think, you know, what, what is happening at the club must, must be impacting every single employee of the pub of the pub of the club right every single one of them players manager staff everything that you know we're in this kind of purgatory at the moment where we're stuck with you know we, we don't know what the future is we don't know who's going to own it we don't know what their plans are going to be we don't know anything like that and and whilst you can ride that out for a couple of weeks from the announcement of the sanctions and all this sort of stuff eventually eventually that old maxim of no news is good news becomes utter bollocks. You'd rather have something coming through. And at the moment, nothing is. And I, I, it, from what I can see, nothing's happening within the club either. It is, though. It is, though, Tony. Yeah, but I, I, I still think that, that that fucks us for next season. And oh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. That, well, what, 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 what fucks us for next season is the fact that, I mean, you know, Tuchel, Tuchel I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, um, what's his name? Leaf. 
said something yes. interesting here. He says, was Tuchel invested much in yesterday's game? It seemed like the broad, uh, from the broadcast, it was one of those games where he sat and watched. You're right, Leaf. He was very unanimated, very lethargic and disinterested. Yeah. Now, my feeling is is that it's getting to him as well, and that's bad yes. news. And I thought the fact that he said in the press conference afterwards that uh, uh, Rudiger, which we're going to move on to in a minute, is definitely leaving, and he absolutely put the blame on the sanctions saying is we could have we could have persuaded him to stay if we had been allowed to negotiate with him yes. and talk to him but we are not allowed to so he's putting yeah. the blame squarely on the sanctions so it's clearly pissing him off and you're right tony that is the crucial point the longer this goes on the less we can start engaging in our transfer business and this could have repercussions going on into next season and beyond and it's a yeah. real fucking pain in the ass mate but there's no denying it and i that's this is my point that's what i was saying actually that the fact that we're Looking like we will finish third. I mean, I think, you know, we would have to bollocks up almightily all, all and Spurs and Tottenham would have to not bollocks up and we know what happens on that front or whatever. But in terms of, you know, we've been... It's 2017, the last time we won the Premiership, right? So it's, it's been, you know, flipping between mainly Man City, but Liverpool have had their go in there as well. And I, I, I want us to be back up there. You're finishing third, but a point behind them. Not six, seven, eight, nine points drift of them. And I think that's the gap we've got to try and make up. And I think it's critical that we keep Tuchel because sticking with your manager, and let's, let's be fair, the first couple of years, since his first full season, the first couple of years of Klopp at Liverpool wasn't great, was it? You know, we had this, everyone was oh, laughing at their defence, you know, this high-pressing defence. But now look at them. You know, at the moment, I, my money would be on them pipping City for the title simply because they seem so fucking ruthless. And, and, and I, I hope that Tuchel has the patience to stay with the club and get that opportunity to put us in that position. You know, I, I, would, I, I would despair of us. You know, it's all right saying we're the best of the rest. I want to be better than the best of the rest. Well, Tony, to be fair, I, I actually, I, 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 when I said I agree with you, I, I was lying because I, 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 I don't <laughs> quite. I mean, basically, I think we're not the best of the rest. I think we're in this weird kind of league of one. You know, City and Liverpool are clearly yeah. 10 to 15 points better than us. I, I, I won't be surprised if it ends up like that again this yeah. season, like it did last season. But we are clearly so much better than everybody else. Yeah. You know, Arsenal, Spurs, United, West Ham, whoever ends up finishing uh, yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever. We are we are much closer to City and Liverpool in terms of quality, yeah. if not points, than we are to Spurs, Arsenal, and the rest. So yeah. I think we're in this kind of weird, almost like league of our own at the moment. Um, yeah, and I I think that's a, a good point. I'm, I'm trying to say that we're we are the best of the rest, or whatever. But in that situation, and let's not. Be, let's not kid ourselves here as well. You know, we put up. It's easy to sound like we're putting we're down to the people in Mixer. We're not. If it hadn't been for dismal December, yeah, we would uh, we we would have been up there. We would have been in that mix. We may not have been top, but we would have been in it. That that December was one of the most dismal I can remember. Um, you know, all the draws we've had, where we've we've probably lost twelve points in all the draws we've had in games that we think and theoretically we should have won yeah but so, we had we had massive mitigating circumstances in december did, time. But, you know yeah no, that's what i'm saying i, I think take you know, december out take december and half of january out and we are again we know we're 10 points closer to city and liverpool and we've got clear blue water in front of the others i mean i looked at the table 
um, for the show on Friday, didn't I, JK? And I pointed out that, yeah. frighteningly, we've won the same amount of as matches as Arsenal, bloody well Arsenal, and in fact, we've now won 19, uh, Arsenal have won 19, Spurs have won 18, which I just, I nearly choked on when I read that. But, you know, we've only lost five. They've both lost 11. The difference is because we drew eight yes. and they've only drawn three and four. So you take, you could easily take four or five of those eight draws out of the equation and we're in a much better position. And that, that's yeah. what happened in December. Don't you remember? We were moaning every week because we kept drawing against teams we shouldn't draw against. Yeah. But we were screwed. We were stuffed, fatigue, COVID, injuries, too many bloody matches. That's what killed our title hopes this season jk unless you want to throw your tuppany worth in there i'd love to talk about antonio rudiger and i know you're keen to as well so it's up to you old bean just briefly our away form was similar to city wasn't it our away form this season <coughs> and so there's been, a, there's been a, a problem somewhere at home and um and it's not the pitch, though apparently the ball does bounce peculiarly at the pitch. That's been proven, but on the pitch at, at the bridge. But you know, and no, uh, yeah, let's get on to Rudiger. Yeah, yeah. Who? Um, uh, I think the the major thing that I heard was the the sticking point was the enormous signing on fee that he wanted. He uh, he wanted a, a huge amount of money, which I don't understand how Madrid can afford it. I know they get paid by fiat, don't they? Fiat only, but. Um, you mean you mean you uh, don't mean fear. That's, that's Juventus, Jonathan. Uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. Not fear. they get they um, get paid by by the, the government. By the, by, the, by, the, by the government. Yeah, I've gotten confused with um, with Italy. Yeah, um, yeah, they get paid by the government. Yeah, and uh, so um, yeah, they they've obviously got as much money as 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 the, the Saudis have. So um, it, it, if you're competing with that, if 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 that's all that he's after which I fear may be the case. That's all that Tony Rudiger wants is a payoff. In which case, yeah, it's the dosh. In which case, what argument is there? Because we're not in a position, The it, unless, of course, somebody interrupts it now from any of the three would-be buyers and, said, and says, we'll offer you whatever Madrid are offering. It's a possibility now that he's come out and said he's leaving. Um, uh, that might be somebody, um, if we get, they say, if we become the owners, we'll, We'll give you three million or something before he signs. I, 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 if that's what he's after, then you know I suppose good luck to him. That's what he wants. It means that he's interrupting. Um, they're not as good a side. They're an old side. Uh, I think I don't think they'll have the same success next year. But he's going into a climate of of um, one of the best, possibly the best, most successful club in the world. And perhaps he just wants to go and play in Madrid in the same way that. Um, uh, that Hazard wanted to go and play Madrid, but that was obviously before uh, Tuchel came in and our great success. Um, and Hazard wanted to play under Zidane, but you see what a disaster that's become. Um, but no, I, I, it's going to be very, very difficult to replace. But I, I have to say, I have every confidence in Tuchel if the new owners back him with a, with several signings. I think Tuchel has said he he knows a couple of signings he'd like to make, mm. but. That at the moment is all um, in cloud cuckoo land until we actually find out who owns the club. And I'm sure that they will back him, whoever the new owners of the club are, because they want the club functioning 
absolutely at the, the optimum best they can in order to compete at the highest level because they want them to be the most successful club in the world. That's why they're apparently putting in three billion. Yeah, but so, you know what? Uh, but um, we don't know yet. We, you know, the proof no. of that pudding will have to be in the eating, I'm afraid. And mm. I have to say, what worries me is that, you know, these guys are businessmen, they're investors, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're fund managers, they want a return on that investment. Now, okay, yes, you can argue that the best return that they can get in a, from an investment point of view is to make sure that Chelsea keeps on winning is, and is still one of the best, if not the best club in the world. But we also know, because we've been watching football a long time, that that requires a, a monstrous amount of investment uh, to buy the best players. And they've just spunked up, you know, the best part of three billion quid to go and buy the club. So let's just, I, I'd say we need to wait with a little bit of caution on that. Um, I loved your comments on, on Rudiger there, JK. They were incredibly level-headed. And, and I have to say, I, I, I agree with you. But I'm going to keep my powder dry on that because I, I wanna what, want, want to know what Tony thinks. I mean, Tony... Clearly, he's gone for the money. He's gone for the, you know, it's his last big contract. So he's gone for the massive payday. Um, I would imagine that he has a lot of family to look after and that kind of thing. So I can understand that. Do you begrudge him that? No, not at all. I've been a big fan of him since the day he turned up because uh, one of his attributes I love is he gets as angry as I do uh, and as the fans do and the frustration shows. I think he should have been our captain. I will make no bones about that. I think when you wanted a captain to emulate the likes of John Terry, you know, a, a, a baller, if you like, somebody who's prepared to give his players some stick, uh, I think he would have been absolutely fantastic. And I think that may well have been something that the, the, the kind of prestige, I know the prestige of captaincy doesn't work with the foreign players as much as it does with the English players, but I think that may well have been something that could have been offered to him. I think he would have been a fabulous captain. I think he's been much maligned during Frank's time as a defender that was always out of position. I never agreed with that. I always thought he was, a, you know, a, a player that um, was a leader. Um, uh, I think him and Silva together have been absolutely wonderful. Um, but, you know, you, it, we have to look at it from the perspective, it is, it, from an English perspective, Real Madrid don't have perhaps the kudos and the, uh, or whatever that we have, because we've, we've been, you know, an onslaught of bloody, you know, Manchester United or, or Liverpool or whatever. But, you know, for the players abroad and in Europe, Real Madrid is a, a you know, it, it's a it's a top mark spelt with the QE at the end. It, QE at the end. They are a huge brand, for want of a better thing. And They're the biggest club in the world, been. Tony. Sorry? They're the biggest club in the world. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so I don't begrudge a player doing that. Uh, and what I like about Chelsea fans is we generally don't turn on players who go for those reasons. We don't sit there and say you're a fucking traitor. You should be a one club player because, you know, we, we've, we've taken to our hearts. You know, no one is irreplaceable. No one is irreplaceable. I think there are potential development players out there, players that we could bring in to replace Rudiger. Um, I think we may regret letting Gway and uh, Tamori go, but, you know, I think there's, there's enough, replacements out there and Tuchel hinted that that yesterday I think you know that 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 he's he's probably got some people in mind whether it's Kunda or uh, I can't even pronounce the other bloke's name is it Chunami Chuna, Chuna, or Chunami Chunami is, uh, is a, midfiel yeah. a midfielder mate so, you know and I think Rudiger I mean look he, he's, he's he's got a Champions League medal because of us and, and we've got uh, one because of him 
yes, and we've got like you know. So I don't actually begrudge it. I would be very sorry to see him go. I think he's an immense central defender. I think he's a fabulous leader, and I love, I love, 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 fucking love the fact that he is the king of shithousery. I think he's even better than Balak and JT was. You know, he's the one that when a when, when one of our players is upended by another player, the first one in there is him. He's in there. He's ready, and I love that. Like, yeah. He's a proper warrior. So, but good luck to him. If we can keep him, if 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 a, one of the bidders says, look, you know, um, it's salty, mate. Don't worry, you, you can stay. Then great. I think I think that the horse has probably bolted on this one now. With with with, with two. Well, uh, uh, undoubtedly, if if Tuchel's coming out publicly saying it, then the deal has been done. Yeah. Plus the fact that, of course, because he's a free agent and he has been yeah. since January, then Madrid can negotiate with him, and there's nothing that we can do. So. I think he's off. Um, well, yeah, you know, I'm sad to see him go. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I think the jury's still out on, on on how good he was under Frank. Was it down to Frank or was it down to him? I I, I, I would not have been unhappy to see him go when Frank froze him out. I, I, I'll be honest with you. But since Tuchel's come in, I mean, he's the he is the most. I think he's had more minutes than any other player this season under Tuchel which tells you everything. I think Tuchel's really upset that he's going. Yeah. I, I think Tuchel thought that he could talk him round. I think they've got yeah. quite a bond, those two. And, as, and I mean, he's not he's not our captain, but I think in Tuchel's eyes, he's our biggest leader. And yeah. actually, I think we'll, we, we can replace, you know, nobody's irreplaceable. We can, we can get, hopefully, an even better central defender as a consequence. But what, what is hard to replace, as we all know, because we've been moaning and bellyaching about it since we've lost the spine of that great Champions League winning team in 2012. What is hard to replace, particularly in the modern game, are real, proper, old-fashioned, old-school leaders. And, yes. and that is what Rudiger is. And I like, like you, Tony, I love it. He's the first. Every time there's a sniff of trouble, he's the first in there getting involved. Uh, and his shithousery, is, he's, uh, he's the master of it. And, and yeah. I love that. That will be hard to replace. And I think that's what we will miss most. Um, but I don't begrudge him his move if he's gone for money. It's a professional game, um, and I and I kind of wish him all the best and thank him for his service. He's done very well. But don't worry, we'll still be here next season and we'll get another defender, won't we, J.K.? You're a mute, love. But I'm, I'm muting myself. Yeah, but um, it's because my printer's gone mad here. Um, like your but, printer, uh, my fire itself. alarm. What's going on? <laughs> decided to clean itself loudly for no apparent reason. I didn't ask it to. It's like a meh, 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 meh. Um, uh, you have to remember that for two, the last two years, it's been under Tuchel that Rudiger has become the player uh, that that we hoped he'd become, and he's he'd become that. And this great character, and this this huge, passionate, um, uh, unbelievably competitive, uh, skillful defender. It's become absolutely fabulous. But it it took him that long to do it. And he's not as great in a four as he is in a, a five. And it'll be interesting to see how he fares um, under Ancelotti. But I think you, 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 uh, he appreciated, apparently, how brilliant Ancelotti uh, was. And he, and he is. He's a, he's a fantastic manager. And um, uh, I, I suspect it will, it will, he'll continue with the same success. Um, but uh, it, it took these two years under Tuchel for him to evolve into this great player because he certainly wasn't that great player under Frank and um, 
he was always committing terrible gaffes. I remember in the cup final, he, he'd missed the ball completely. He was always giving the ball away. And whether that was because he didn't get on with the manager, well, you know, for, for his sake, let's hope it all works for him with Ancelotti and with the rest of the players. Because it frequently is a balance in another club and players don't quite give of the same... Um, uh, have the same in, in this, the environment doesn't help them in the same way that it clearly has worked under Tuchel and at Chelsea. So it may be a, a, a financially stable move for him, but something that doesn't work for him emotionally or even physically in the game. But let's see. Indeed, yeah. we'll, time will only tell, but I think we, we will miss him. But I, I mean, we will we will replace him. And I, I kind of feel more for Tuchel, really, in this situation. I think... Uh, you know, I think there was a sense that Tuchel and he had quite a bond, and I think he, 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 he really thought he could keep him here. Um, Kunde, incidentally, from what I've seen—not that I've watched all his matches, but a few things I've seen of him—is very much a similar character, and he appears to be the player that we're most associated with. And apparently, he wanted to leave in January and was upset that he wasn't allowed to. And we tried to buy him in the summer as well. So he, whether once again under the new situation, whether you don't know, we don't know what the, the what the new owners will do, as we've said. But you'd have thought that they would have been very keen. Um, they, I, would, I wonder whether he's had whether uh, Tuchel's had dialogue with all three of the uh, of the finalists, as it were. To, uh, well, to he, see he says he hasn't. Whether, he says he hasn't. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I'm well, with I'm he, with you. Still... I... Sorry, go on. You finish first. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, no. I'm just thinking he's he's got his plans, hasn't he? He's got his wish list. He's got his wish list, and and he's he's mentioned that he was interested in Kunde before. He's actually um, been imp- said he was impressed by him, as he said he's impressed by Rice. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, it would be it would be just beyond all sense and reason if if Tuchel, Marina, and Padacek have not got together sometime over the last six months and got a wish list together of who they need you know they would be remiss in their duties to a degree that would 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 in if it was my company they'd be sacked for dereliction of duty mm, yeah, uh, so i can't believe that they won't have done that the fact that he won't say so publicly is no surprise but i can't believe that they won't have a wish list uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens from the perspective of the new owners because what will happen when they come in, I can absolutely guarantee you one of two things will happen. Either A, they will have a budget and that's what we'll have to stick to going forward or B, they'll spunk loads of money on new signings just to make it look like they're really clever and happy and wonderful and aren't we brilliant and so we can be just as philanthropic as Roman and then Next year, we won't be able to spend anything. But anyway, we don't know. The bottom line is, we don't know. We just don't know. Tell you what I do know, JK. I know that we only have one email this week from Marcus Huerberg, if I think I've pronounced that correctly. And he would be very honoured if you were to read it out. I would love to read it out, Judge. Just let me find the, uh, the wee thing. I'm talking over the fact that, oh, I've just put a lyric up here. The morphine and chloroform song. That's not what I want at all. Um, uh, Here we are. This is from Marcus Hoiberg. Hello, Chidge, JK and esteemed guests. I'm a Swedish blue in California writing to you for the first time uh, after having listened to the show for the past three or so years. Thank you very much, Marcus. Shut up, printer. Okay. Um, It has. Um, 
having uh, listened to the show for the past three or so years and just a couple of hours after our horrid game against Arsenal, yeah, it was indeed horrid, Marcus. I'm very conflicted about what transpired today. Mostly I'm pissed off and sad. I keep asking, why were we so shit? Yes. Did the players just not give a fuck that this was a London derby? Yes, that's what... Um, uh, uh, appeared to be my state of mind as well. Or did we try to rotate players playing our B team and got punished by a team that are chasing a spot in the Champions League? The first goal is disaster class and Andreas Christensen's mind is Andreas Christensen's mind already in Barcelona. Why is Saar jogging back on a counter-attack? Are these really the level of players we should have at Chelsea? After the first goal, chaos ensued. I'm happy that Timo seemed to have gotten some fortune back, though I must praise him for taking the shot and hustling to get the ball back for our second. I'd finally written him off about a month ago after sticking up for him for a long time while the, the, the JKs of the world kept saying, get him out. I love the guy and hope he got his mojo back. He, he appears to be doing a bit better, Marcus, I agree. After that, I think the ball just bounced Arsenal's way, though we should have scored on a few occasions. For example, the attack that eventually led to their second goal. Lukaku sluggish, I would say, not even a slug, then forgot how to play, how to try. Like with Timo, I've stuck with him thinking he'll come good, but I'm not so sure anymore. Though what's, that's what I said about Timo four weeks ago, so who knows? I feel bad for Dave. Games like these do not reflect what an amazing player and captain he is. The penalties, pure robbery. And Saka, whom I've rated and praised after the Euros, committed such a foul crime. Seeing it live, I thought, no fucking way that stays a penalty. But sure enough, Jonathan Moss and Darren England managed to fuck it up, even with all the evidence right there. This has to be the end of VAR or some serious changes. I'm disgusted. Absolutely disgusted. We'll talk about that in a second, actually. My therapist always tells me to practice positive thinking, practice positive thinking. So I choose to think that the rotation of certain players led to this loss. And despite the chaos on and off the field for CFC at the moment, I think we have a great young squad with so much potential and a solid foundation that if we can keep Tuchel for a longer spell, we'll remain world-class football, um, a, a world-class football club. I hope we get rid of the dead weight that the new owners give Tuchel their trust in the transfer window, but no, well, that might not be the case. So much for positive thinking. Hope you're doing better, Chidge. I'm sure you have enough on your plate, so I understand if you can't get to this. No, we have, but a huge thank you and the amazing Fancast crew for all your work. This show is like a therapy session for so many, myself included, and I can't thank you all enough. Keep the blue flag flying high up the Chels. A blue Swede in Santa Barbara, Marcus. Excellent. Very good. I wanted to say about um, the VAR thing you've mentioned. I've noticed there is now this trend in that they they seem to go the way the referee has gone. If the referee hasn't given it, they almost don't want to flag it up as being possibly wrong. And that makes it equally terrible. The last year they went the, the other way, which was giving everything. And now they're, they're almost letting it go back to what it was. And you just see these, these miscarriages of justice everywhere. There was a Tottenham handball at the weekend where you thought, Hang on, he, he palmed it forward during the week, actually. He palmed it. He pushed it forward. You could see his intent was to push it with his with his head and his hand towards it, and it was ignored. What they seem to do is the referee doesn't see it or the referee plays on, and, um, and uh, the conversation, obviously, is something like, did you see that? And Moss said, yes, and I didn't think it was a problem. And they will accept that, so they're not checking on it. And it is, it's absolutely atrocious. They are, they are so atrocious. I mean, I felt um, 
the the Liverpool foul at the weekend, the uh, the scrag on that boy Gordon, the Everton player, was just absolutely ridiculous. It was so obviously a penalty. And even on match of the day, they went, oh, I think it's a penalty. Oh, for goodness sake, of course it's a penalty. The more of them that just say, you really have got to get your act together and not debate it. We've gone back now to debating whether something's a penalty or not, when it's so obvious these things are penalties. When you think, is that because they're completely biased towards the Scousers? And I'm afraid so many of them are, are Liverpool fans. It must get in the way somehow. But it's no, I, I agree completely. I, Sorry, I was just going to say it's incredible. Get in, there. Apparently, get in there, get in there, get in there. By all accounts, Liverpool have not had a single penalty given against them at Anfield this season. Well, for 46 matches, Tony. Bloody hell. Yeah. 14 months. <laughs> well. No, no corruption or bias, of course. No, no, nothing to see here. No smoke without fire. Move on. Oh, yeah. oh God, don't. Um, I, the, JK, the brilliant email, that wasn't it, actually, um, from uh, Marcus. Yeah, and, fabulous, uh, fabulous. Yeah, yeah I, I, well, I, I, well I basically, yours got included, Marcus, because it came in this week, as opposed to the load of other people who wrote in while I had COVID, who, who basically, I, I've just decided I had to draw the line somewhere, and because so many of them were about matches that had happened two weeks ago, I thought, you know what, we'll just move on. Uh, but the other thing that I liked about your email, Marcus, was that you mentioned that your therapist always tells you to practice positive thinking. So uh, I thought, well, there we go. I, if you were, if I, if you were my client, I wouldn't be telling you that. But that's I do a different sort of therapy. But clearly, the therapy that works best is the, doing the Chelsea fancast, which I'm immensely pleased to hear. So thank you for your kind words, and uh, hope you're well. And do write in again because we like that. Right, uh, very uh, quickly, as we always do, J.K. We always have a plug for the Chelsea pitch owners. Uh, if you want to have a piece of uh, the uh, freehold of the stadium that protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future, uh, thus ensuring that football is played at Stamford Bridge, it's spiritual home forever, then you can buy a CPO share, uh, 110 quid for an electronic share, uh, and it's about 173 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. Uh, easy to do. Just go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners. And of course, uh, much cheaper. But equally important is membership of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, who, you know, I, I, I won't stop saying this, even if you get fed up with me saying it, but they have done a fantastic job in the last couple of months in really sticking up for uh, the concerns and the rights and the hopes of all supporters. I mean, I know they can only technically represent uh, their members who elect them and everything else, but... You know, we're all Chelsea supporters and we generally honest, honestly want the best, what we think is the best for the club. OK, opinions may differ on that, but it's all honestly and sincerely meant, you know. So they, you know, they they, they go out and bat for you lot and they do it with a with a full heart. Uh, uh, and more importantly, you know, it, the more people who join up to the supporters trust, the more. Uh, the more people we have to represent so uh, and the more our voice gets heard which is important that it, that it is done uh, it's five quid to become a member every year so it's an annual payment of five quid um, and it means you have to you have your say on all the important issues to supporters like the European Super League or the return of it uh, ticket prices kickoff times whatever you know it's, it's all about issues that are important to supporters who go to the matches uh, week in week out and uh, you also get to attend meetings you get to vote in the election so if you don't like the current board you can vote us out if you don't like the current board you can stand for election it's a very simple but very old-fashioned concept it's called democracy 
Uh, go and read Plato. He'll uh, he'll set you right. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. So you can uh, stand in the elections. You can put forward your own motions, which can get adopted as a policy at the AGM. But most of all, you get a very lovely, shiny Chelsea Supporters Trust badge. So there we go. Go and visit the ChelseaSupportersTrust.com website and sign up today. Now, we'll be back after this very short break because we're going to be talking about the Man United match this coming Thursday. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, uh, part three. I am Stanford Chidge. Him over there is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show. Him down there is Mr. Tony Glover. Bonsoir. So when you were out in uh, the Caribbean, Tony, did they do, did they do, I don't know if it was Shakademus or whatever, but anyway, did they do it? Mr. Tony Glover, Glover. No, unfortunately, I mean, I kept my profile very low. Um, and I will tell you a little story after the show, um, which I think will tickle you um, about the band that were on the ship. Okay. I'm not prepared to go public with it because it involves my wife. Okay. I, I saw you. the video of her dancing, mate. She can move, that woman. Yes, yes. She's not I was touched, me mate. I was touched very much. She so. She's not forgiving me for putting that up. Oh, I, <laughs> she's, oh, I don't know why, mate. She's, she's a great mover. She should be uh, proud of it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Tell her I thought she was fab, mate. Let's put it this way. We were both, at that point, pretty socially relaxed. No, really? You surprised me. <laughs> you you, you touch socially relaxed, Tony. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, dear. I'll tell you what. I, I What I do hope is that uh, the 11 players that Thomas Tuchel picks for Thursday night's match against Man United are not socially relaxed. I hope no. they are the opposite of socially relaxed. And this is the team, JK, that I have picked. And guess what? I've tried to be double clever this week. I've picked the same team. I've tried to double bluff Tuchel. I say the same team. I picked the same team apart from Reese James. Okay, so basically, as you were for the West Ham starting eleven, substituting James in for Espiliqueta. Discuss. Hmm. Um, I think he will play James because he, they were just worried about this uh, awareness. Um, awareness in his awareness in his uh, Achilles, but he'd like to play James. I think Dave, unfortunately, is is playing on fumes at the moment. Um, uh, he can't play anybody else other than Conte and Jorginho because of uh, um, uh, Kovacic's injury. Um, Cheek has a go. You've got to give it to him. He has a go. He's To me, he's not quite the standard, and he scored a good goal the other week against Palace, but... Um, He's still not the boy that that Tuchel wants him to be. He's even admitted this. He says he thinks there's a player there who doesn't appreciate how good a player he is. And we're still not quite seeing uh, the player that he can be. But in this instance, he's doing a job playing in a position he doesn't normally play. So good luck to him. Uh, And I think he'll play Alonso. I, however, think that he'll go with um, uh, Pulisic instead of Werner. He'll play Mountain Havertz. We didn't mention Mount Mount. As usual, ran his socks off. Yeah. Never stopped running, Mace, and had several really, really good shots that deserve goals. Yeah. 
Um, he's been really consistent, and uh, I just still don't understand why anybody gives him a hard time. He's a terrific player. Um, but I don't think I think I think going again going the way that Timo uh, likes to give people a go who've been who come in and play well. I think despite Werner's improvement, I think he'll play um, either uh, uh, play Pulisic, and if if he doesn't do terribly well, he'll bring Zayek on, knowing that Werner could come just to bring the changes. Um, I'm trying to think who. I mean, you can't say that they've got any particularly excellent players in United because they're absolutely awful. Um, but um, I think we've discussed, haven't we, Chidge? Our record there is pretty poor. I'm gonna, I want to get on to so, that in a minute, uh, but before we do, do you think he might pick Lukaku, yeah, Tony? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what? I think he might. I think he might. Um, I'm, I'm worried about this game. I, um, United have lost three out of their last four, I think. Um, and that must sting even players that are allegedly demotivated as they are. Um, and I think you probably would want somebody like Ricardo, if he if his attitude's right, then you know he could be a good target man. Because as JK said earlier on, we kept putting in crosses <coughs> to nobody. Um, um, so I think he, he possibly has got a good chance, and then and then using habits possibly as a uh, an impact sub later on in the game when United <clears throat> and that all Ronaldo's kicked a kid in the crowd and got himself sent off or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, um, you know, the re- I look at your team selection there. I, I, I'm, you know, and we haven't mentioned this actually, but I'm slightly worried about, I mean, Mendy made a couple of good stops yesterday, but he also seems absolutely intent on at least one absolute hospital pass out from the back every game um and that that, that slightly worries me um you know and, and against a team like united with fernandez and ronaldo we would be i think potentially on the end of a you know a bit of a punishment goal for that um so i do agree i i couldn't play Jorginho. he's lost it for me with that shit penalty yesterday um Bearing in mind, Who are you going Kovac, to how long's Kovac, long Kovac shout for? Do we know? Well, that, I was going to say, actually, this is a good point because we don't, I mean, annoyingly, because uh, the match is on Thursday, uh, yeah. we've got absolutely diddly squat in terms of hard facts and, and, and information right. about who may start. Obviously, the presser would be on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but normally, I get enough of an inkling maybe on a, would be on a Tuesday, for example. But, um, you know, Rudiger has got a groin strain. Kovacic mm. has got, I think it's it might be slight ligament strain. He's had a couple of weeks. I think it will be too soon for both of them. And more to the point, I think he won't risk them. And I think he won't risk them because actually, I think what he what any sensible manager would do, Jonathan's shaking his head because he knows exactly what I'm going to say. This is, this, is the, this is the wonder of working together for so long. He knows <laughs> exactly what I'm going to say. But any sensible manager is now going to make sure he has his best team available for the FA Cup on May the 14th. Because that is our one chance of silverware, and managers like to win silverware. So if there's... I mean, he's not going to risk anybody that he's going to need for the 14th. So even if Rudiger and Kovacic are looking almost fit enough, he's not going to play them. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play James for a similar reason, actually. I absolutely agree. You know, because the reality is we need, we need, I was wrong, by the way, when I said we need eight points from six matches. Uh, Stick, bless his heart, corrected me immediately and said seven. So, you know, we need two wins and a draw from our last, 
what is it, six matches? One, two, three, four, yeah, six matches. And some of those are against Watford, who are going to all be, already be relegated. Leicester, who will be on the beach. Leeds, who will probably be, be safe by then, but might not be. Wolves have nothing to play for. I mean, actually, to be honest, not, you know, they're, they're, some of them are tricky. I mean, Everton away will be tricky because of Frank and they're fighting like hell to stay up. Yeah. Wolves will be on the beach. They're in mid-table. They're not going to get into Europe. They're not going to really... They've got nothing to play for. Leeds, as I said, hopefully, if they beat Palace tonight, at the moment it's nil-nil, they might pretty much be safe, so they'll be on the beach. But they only play one way anyway. Um, Leicester, as I said... You know, hopefully they'll be on the beach and Watford will be down. So if we can't get seven points out of those games to finish in the yeah. top four, then, you know, what is the point? And if, yeah. if, if you want to put your eggs in, in, in one basket, you've got to put them in the FA Cup final, which will be a yeah. bloody tough game against a very, very, very good side. Yeah. Um, but a side who we are capable of living with and beating on our day. But we have to be very good on that day. And that means having the best team available. So anyway, a long way of saying that I don't think Rudiger or Kovacinch will start. But there you go. Um, what I would say is it's just so weird, isn't it? All three of us, a bit like me in West Ham last week, JK. I just instinctively go, oh, fucking hell, it's going to be hard. We might lose this when there's absolutely no statistical evidence to back it up, uh, we all think uh, that this is going to be a tough match for us. But actually, unlike the West Ham match, JK, there is statistical evidence to back this up. Uh, Basically, we've not beaten uh, Man United in the league at all since the 5th of November 2017 when when, uh, Morata scored on 55 minutes under Conte before his season went completely tits up. So he won 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. Okay, we haven't beaten them at Old Trafford. This is the worst, the worst thing. We haven't beaten them at Old Trafford since the 5th of May. So that would have been an end of season game. 2013, when we beat them, we beat them 1-0. Uh, uh, Juan Mata scored it on 87 minutes. Now that was the game where David Luiz got, got De Silva sent off for basically throwing himself on the floor and then laughing his head off as Silva lost the plot and he got sent off. I don't know if you remember that. Very, mm. very funny, classic David Luiz. So he won 1-0 up there on May the 5th, 2013. So that's nearly 10 years that we haven't had a victory up at Old Trafford. And, of course, we used to have one of the best records of anybody <laughs> at Old Trafford. We used to beat Man United at Old Trafford when we were... were well, I say... We, we were shit. Well, I, I say that when we were shit, but actually we we weren't as bad as we like to think we were. But you know, we used to have a we used to have the best. I still think we do have one of the best records at Old Trafford of any club, but not for a long time. So I think we're right to to look at this with a a, a massive amount of trepidation. Tony, that said, Man United are fucking awful at the moment. They are awful. Well, I. I mean, I watched the Arsenal-Man United game. I thought United were unlucky. I mean, you know, that penalty goes in, that's a different game. Uh, and they they looked far more... I mean, in the end, I think they, they possibly ran out of steam. And Arsenal uh, on a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a run of form. But I genuinely did think that, um, that, that, that United were unlucky to lose that 3-1 now. The fact is, they've lost three out of their last five. Well, I think t- Tony, it's better than that, mate. They've lost basically. They've lost their last five away matches yeah. on, on the bounce. 
Listen, which is the, which, which is hang on, which is their worst record away since 1981. See, now I'm being, I'm going to be <laughs> that. I, I hate that sort of statistic. Because to me, that just means there's more chance that they're going to want to bounce back and do something in this in, in this game. I'd rather we were meet, meeting them on the back of a win, where they might have a little bit of complacency or whatever. Uh, look, I'm looking at the the stats you've done, right? Uh, and I'm they're, they're un, they're unbeaten at home going yeah. going back so, to February. Yeah, so February. I, I know exactly what my forecast is going to be. I know exactly what it's going to be because I'm looking down that list. And the biggest letter you've got in all of those results going back to 5th of May 2013 is a D. And I would take that at this point in the season. Like you said, every other game that we've got after this is eminently winnable. I agree Everton will be tough because Frank will be up for it. They put up a, a worthy battle against Liverpool yesterday. And you can already see what sort of tactics Frank is willing and that he's picked up from Jose in, in, in how to break up and make the game ugly. Uh, but all of the other games, I totally agree with you. I, I just think, you know, we should be, you know, uh, you know, Leeds, Wolves, uh, Leicester City. That's, I mean, we've got a good record against them lately, apart from the FA Cup final, of course. Um, and, and Watford, who I hope we absolutely smash to pieces because they're a hateful, detestable club. Um, but I, I genuinely would take a draw, and I, I'm forecasting a draw for our game against United. Mm. And I don't think it will be a particularly entertaining draw. I think it will be 1-1. Mm. An, un, an, un, an unedifying draw. JK, um, aside from United's abysmal form, as I said, that their, their, their abysmal form is away from home. Their home form is is well, they they haven't been beaten. I don't know how long the run goes back to, but my my games on uh, from Flash Score only go back to the fourth of Feb, and they're certainly unbeaten going that far back at home. So they're not to be taken lightly. They never are, even if they 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 do look like a rabble. Frankly, they look like eleven individuals basically playing their own game. Harry Maguire is absolutely pony, as we all know. Um, but you can't underestimate United. The one thing that gives me a bit of solace, JK, I wonder if you agree with me, is that we are much better away from home as a team than we are playing at home, which is being proven statistically this season, this season apart from anything else. Uh, and they will come at us. They won't, they won't defend with 10 men behind the ball, at least we presume they won't, which I think helps us. It makes us a better side immediately. Um, just to carry on with what you were saying earlier, he won't play uh, Kovacic and Rudiger, neither of, neither of whom are fit. But if they, even if they were fit, he uh, he never ever puts people straight back in again after they've been injured. That's never his policy ever. So we won't be seeing them. But um, uh, which would be helpful if uh, to play United because you're absolutely right. We just seem to play um, uh, not as well as we could do. But recently, all our performances away from home have been fantastic. Um, uh, perhaps it's because the ball bounces better. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, if Havertz plays as well as he played against Southampton, if Mount plays as well as he played against Southampton, same with Alonso, same with all of them, really, um, I can't see us losing. Having said that, uh, things seem to happen at Old Trafford. And so, like Tony, I will go for a draw. But um, I, uh, uh, we, should, we should take them to the cleaners. We really should. But it, it, I, I really don't know what's happening with his Chelsea side at the moment because the the, the wonders of playing at, at uh, the Bernabeu um, and the Southampton game 
and then suddenly down to Brentford and uh, and the Arsenal game just makes you think. And even the game yesterday, the 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 abysmal first half. It maybe we have an abysmal first half and they score a couple of goals and that's the end of that. But if we come back in the second half, play as well as we can, we might score a couple. But logic tells me that we'll play very well and we will win. But um, uh, uh, having been to nearly all the away games in the last 10 years and seen us really completely underperform, um, I can't be absolutely uh, optimistic about tomorrow, about Thursday. Yeah, I, I, I echo a lot of those sentiments. I really do. I mean, what I would say, it's interesting, isn't it, about what, what, what's, what's with the malaise. Gary Neville actually says something quite interesting on, on commentary. Uh, and actually, this is the kind of thing you, you, you should listen to him about because he knows better than any of us. But he, he said, don't underestimate the impact that that, uh, not the loss against Real Madrid, because of course we won out in the Bernabeu, but getting knocked out, having played that well, would have had on them. Yeah. You know, it would have really deflated them as a squad because in a sense it was so undeserved, wasn't it? Because they played them off the park. They were, they were absolutely brilliant. And yet they still went out of a massive competition that they were really looking to do well in at a quarter-final stage. And he thinks that that might have had an impact. I think, I think you know, as it, what was it in regards to my, uh, my earlier uh, theory uh, about what's going on when I was talking about, you know, complacency, fatigue... Uh, I think the impact of the sanctions is having an effect because, of course, the one thing that you will, well, you absolutely, without a doubt, have got within that squad at the moment is exactly where we are. It's basically a squad full of uncertainty and faced with change. And human beings do not like uncertainty and they do not like change. So I cannot believe it's not having some sort of an impact. And I think that, as I said, I've been saying this every week on the show recently, but I think the fact that Tuchel kept them within a bubble so successfully for about two or three weeks, and then we had the international break, and of course that just got punctured. And I don't think he's been able to gaffer tape over the hole since. I think once the genie's out of the bottle, it is out. So I think that that's, I think basically all of these factors are contributing. So maybe they are a bit complacent when we play shit teams and think, oh, well, we just don't have to turn up today because we'll beat them anyway. Well, wrong. This is the Premier League. The sanctions are uh, giving uh, out a lot of uncertainty and change. It's having an impact. We haven't, you know, Tokel can't contain that anymore. Uh, I think the mental and physical fatigue is very real. We've played more games than anybody else in Europe, right? That's going to have an impact on on players who were tired going into the season because of the European Championships. Are they on the beach? Well, I don't think they are, because I think the reality is that they may well have their head in the FA Cup, so maybe that's going to have something to do with it. But if Tuchel's a good manager, and we all know he is, what he's been saying is, if you don't put it in and turn up, you ain't getting picked for the FA Cup, mate. So, you know, they should have plenty of motivation to play well. But I just think all the other factors, and you add them together, I think that's what's going on. That's what's having the impact. Anyway, uh, how do I see it going? Well, in all honesty, I haven't got a clue because, I mean, United could turn up and be really good. They've got good players. I do think they are an absolute shambles, I have to say. And I, although I agree with what you said, Tony, I think they were much better against Arsenal. In fact, they were very unlucky. But Arsenal is shit. We know that. So is that any barometer? Um, you know, who knows? It's a rhetorical question, isn't it? Indeed it is. Um, I... I 
Look, I've gone. I've gone for. I. I. I it, you can always tell when I have absolutely no fucking clue what 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 it's gonna how it's gonna go down when I predict two one to Chelsea, and I'm gonna predict two one to Chelsea, which is my my classic Pat Nevin esque percentage prediction for the Prem Predictions League. Um, and I, I just because basically I hope that we win because it's about time we beat United up there. Um, but Lord only knows because I think we're just too unpredictable at the moment, and I do think that United are too. But I, like you all, I'm a bit worried about it because <clears> I, you know, they, they can't they can't go on being shit forever, United. But maybe they can. Who knows? We just don't know. Either way, I hope we stuff them out of sight because that's what we want, isn't it, boys? Of course, it is, oh, um, and yes. that's why you you will find my forecast of one one is me hedging my bets. Mm. I think that's quite sensible, actually. I, I think I think you know you you could. Uh, I mean, you know, the, United have got big players. Well, well, well you yeah. know, we, we we know they're playing shit and they don't care and they're all in it for themselves. But they've got big game players, and and playing yeah. the European champions is a big game for them. You know, yeah. they'll want to give us a bloody nose, so they'll probably be bang up for it. Uh, so that that also might have to be factored in. But uh, so a draw. Is, not... is it not also the case that you've got two teams where? Least damage is a draw. You know, United know that third or fourth is is out of reach. They they won't want to fall any further. And and at best, I think that they can probably think is is sort of steady the ship and keep it going. I think their chances of catching catching anybody now are, are pretty much gone. Um, uh, and the crowd will be on their back quite quickly. One would imagine if uh, if things don't go right. And for us, a draw keeping them at arm's length keeps us with our gaps, different our, our points gap, uh, still healthy to to our potential chasers or whatever. And then we're going into, like you said, teams that we would hope that we could get seven points or you know six points as it would be from those last five games. Yeah. That's just what I think. Well, it'll be interesting, won't it? Yeah. Um, it will be interesting. I mean, it's funny if, if Mourinho was still in charge, they'd probably be, you know, deliberately trying to lose their next five matches so that they didn't get into the Europa Conference League. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then they could have a clean slate. Well, maybe that's a Conte thing to do. I don't know. The bottom line is uh, they're in six, so they're they're pretty much bang on for a Europa League place. And of course, they've got their new manager, haven't they? The Ajax guy, Ten Hag, coming yeah. in. Yeah. But they're they're in for a big uh, rebuilding uh, next season, that's for sure. But uh, that's not our problem. Um, that's about it, actually. I think we have come to the end of the show this week. Uh, oh. We have. It's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. But JK and I will be back with you on Friday Neat, Friday Neat at 7pm for the, guess what, the Friday night preview show where we will be looking back at Thursday night's match against Man United. Uh, we'll also be catching up on all the latest news. No doubt there'll be a little bit of, you never know, we might have actually had a, a winning bid announced by uh, by by Friday. Stranger, Potentially this week, isn't it? Yeah, stranger thing. I, well, not too soon. I've just written a big article for Football London on it, so they better not release. I shall complain if they release a winning bid soon, otherwise my article will look pretty stupid. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so we'll be, be catching up on all the news and uh, we'll also be previewing the Everton match uh, and we will be joined by Mark Meehan, the wonderful Mark Meehan, and uh, and uh, Liam Toomey, Toomey from The Athletic, if I get hold of him. I don't think he's seen me. The, the journos are terrible. I don't know if they read my schedules. They never respond to my WhatsApp messages. So I need to get hold of Liam, hopefully get him on. The other thing is I, I, I have lined up, JK, I have lined up an opposition view this week. I've done very well. And we've got my old mate Dave Vitti, a.k.a. Comedy Dave of uh, Radio One fame, if you remember him. Do you remember him? 
No. Yeah. Oh, you do? do. You do? Yeah, Dave's, yeah. Dave's an old mate of mine from uh, when I used to produce that football show for Nuts TV. He was one of my presenters, and he's a lovely, lovely bloke. He's really lovely. And he's a... Uh, He's um he's not very funny. I used to tell him this. I used to say to him as when I was director of the gallery, Dave, why do they call you comedy Dave? Because you're not really very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I used to I used to say this while he was talking on air. By the way, because I used to try and make them corpse all the time. But uh, he's really lovely, very sweet guy, and he's a massive Everton fan, big big Everton fan. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that, and I think he's coming on live with us. So hopefully we'll all get to talk to him. So. Uh, that should be oh, fun. Fabulous. Good yeah, stuff. That will Good be stuff. fun, fun, fun. So there we go. So don't miss that, people. We'll be back on air at seven, as always. Uh, obviously, this will be going out as a podcast the minute I've edited it and published it. And uh, as Will went to Mo King's Meadow, uh, presumably Dean's doing one of those tonight. Uh, and they're available as podcasts on ChelseaFagas.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors um a massive lovely beautiful big kiss and a shout out to every single one of you who uh wonderfully donates money every month via patreon um there's as i said to you i'm very grateful but there's never ever pressure on this you either do or you don't i love you all equally whether you do or you don't but if you do want to uh support the show with a bit of money every month then uh you can donate whatever you want, uh, no matter how big or small, to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And if you do that, if you sign up to Patreon, I will then send you a link to Discord, which is a huge amount of fun. Uh, and of course, you'll also get, if you want one, a Kerry Dixon mini banner. And uh, talking of which, I've got a load to send out. I'm hoping to send the next batch out next Monday. So if you've ordered one in the last, I don't know, two, three, four, five months, knowing how rubbish I am, then uh, I will be sending them out to you on Monday and then they will get to you hopefully very, very soon. So there you go. Uh, right, emails, as always, we love your emails. Thank you for sending them in. Uh, thank you particularly to Marcus this week. But uh, if you do want to send an email in, very simple. Uh, you can either put it uh, on chelseafancast at gmail.com or send it to Patreon if you belong to Patreon or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and we will read it out. It is that simple. Uh, you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Tony at Grocer Jack UK. Tony, lovely to see you. I'm glad to see that you're safe. I'm looking forward to your off-air story about the Caribbean in a minute, but it's uh, nice oh, yeah. to have you back safe and sound. Yeah. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And I've loved being back. And, and um, like I said, as nice as the holidays, and I mean it in a good way, at the end of the two weeks, we were saying we're ready to go home in a good way. And to come back and to play football tonight, just, you know, just I'm, I'm buzzing, 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 buzzing. And, you know, going to football yesterday, buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. Well, will you be going to the Wolves match? Because that's the next match at home, I think, isn't it? When is it? Uh, 7th yeah, of May. I'm, yeah, I think I'm planning to go to all of them now because uh, I'm, I'm my next holiday is a week in France down at the, the Mobile. And I'm going the day after the Watford game. So that's the day after the, that's the final game of the season, isn't it? So, yeah. So I should be at all of the games, I think, from now on. Good, because I will see you there, because I'm planning to do them all as well, because there Good. aren't many left. I, I've got a, I had to replace my season ticket because I had my car broken into, so I'll be there nice and early for the Wolves match. So I look, And I'm going to get the train, so I'll have a drink. Oh, right. Well, I might join you on that. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah. Great to see you tonight, mate. Uh, and as for you, Mr. Kidd, star of the show as always. Huh? Lovely, 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 lovely. JK, as always, delightful to see you, my friend. I look forward to seeing you on Friday. I look forward as well, Chidge. Thank you very much for having me on. and lovely to be on the show with Tony. Thank you. Always is. Always a pleasure. There we go. Um, we're pretty much done uh, for a few days anyway. Obviously looking forward to the uh, 
you know, the match against Man United on Thursday. Uh, JK will no doubt be doing a, a splendiferous fan bite at some stage in the evening. So watch out for that on Thursday night. And uh, we'll be back with you on Friday. So thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the tube! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.